Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. And it's part two of the Outlander Omnibus. Woo! What's up? This is exciting. This is a very exciting week. Possibly the most exciting week of the three that we have planned for you. And you know what I have to say to that, Kirsty? What? Je suis prêt. Je suis prêt. For your body, Jamie. <laughs> because it's Jamie Appreciation Week. It sure is. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Jamie. We're going to talk about the female gaze. We're going to talk about the men of Outlander. I'm probably going to yell about toxic masculinity at some point because that's my <laughs> brand. I'll just be here objectifying the men because that's <laughs> apparently my brand. <laughs> 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 Je suis prêt pour les female gays. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Yes. So, Kirsty, how do you want to talk about our friend James Malcolm <sighs> Alexander Fraser? I missed one in there. I don't know. I don't even know where to start. He's very attractive. He's the most attractive man on the face of this planet. Oh, do have we ever talked about our tradition when we watch episodes of this show? No. I mean, we've talked about it, but well, yeah, we've talked about it. Um, <laughs> it is the snap that started an entire channel on Slack. So, every time Kelsey and I sit down for an episode, we uh snap each other this one very particular shot. Of Jamie's shoulder from the intro. Mm-hmm. Because it's very thirsty. <laughs> we call it the thirsty shoulder. Thirsty shoulder. <laughs> it embodies our thirst for Jamie. All of our thirst. It's a very good shot. I don't know if y'all have this. I definitely have this with, like, multiple other characters. But if there's a character who you're into... Like, just think about this in your head. I'm going to ask you a rhetorical question, you out there. Is there, like, a moment for that character where, like, they do something small or say something small or, like, get a look on their face or something, and you're like, yes, this is the moment in which I love you? It's the Je suis prêt moment. This is Je suis prêt moment. Exactly. Yeah. That's thirsty shoulder for me. Yeah. That's also the Je suis prêt moment in the show for me. Ugh. It is for any human, maybe, in the whole world. Ideally. <laughs> Ideally. He, like, like, he looks down, and then he uh, pauses, and then he just looks up, and he says, Je suis prêt, and hot damn. His eyes are, like, the bluest blue, and his hair is the perfect amount of, like, tousled <laughs> and wonderful. He's got, like, this light halo that's, like, glowing through the curls. Kirsty snapped it to me when she was watching it the other day, and I saved the snap because I knew what it was, and I watched it on uh-huh. loop for, like, a whole three minutes before I could put it away. I also, because that was my second time watching that episode, I stopped and rewound it and watched that moment, like, four times. Mm-hmm. 
It's just so good. It's really good. And I think that's what I love about him is he's just like, he's a good love interest because he's full of little moments like that where you as the audience get to like fall in love with him. You do. But he's not like a Fabio or like a Mary Sue where the only thing he does is things intended to make you fall in love with him. Right. That's a good segue because we should take a step back. Okay. And talk about who Jamie is as a, as a person. Oh, yeah, I guess we're, we could do that. In the Outlanderverse, since I know at least one person listening has not seen Outlander, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we disclaimed it last episode, so we'll do it again just to be nice. Yeah. Um, spoilers and things, so, you know, proceed with caution. Yeah, just we pray is not a spoiler, so. Right. I'm not sorry for that. No. No, but other things might be, and I don't know what they are, and I don't care. Right. <laughs> so, good luck. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. So, <laughs> for those who are new here, Jamie is obviously <laughs> the, like, key man figure. <laughs> Protagonist, <laughs> man. one may say. <laughs> of Outlander. Um, he is Scottish. He lives in 1743, not in 1943. Which is when Claire is from. Right. And we meet him as part of a group of Highlanders, who are the Mackenzies, and he hangs out with them, but he's not one of them because he's on the run from the law. And most of the show talks about how he's on the run from the law in some way. Yeah, he's never not on the run. Right. Which is funny because he's an innocent little lamb. He's an innocent little lamb. Who's he's... always on the lamb. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what am I missing about him? He's like a laird, we find out yep. later. So he has some property, some people to to, to indenture. <laughs> is that right? That's indentured something. I think it's, fe- no, it's feudalism. Oh, feudalism. Just kidding. Inde- no, that's different. <laughs> Yeah, very different. Indentured servitude is like a whole other... We're going to get into that in season four. Don't worry about it. Yeah, But uh, yeah, but no, he's got some people to, to feudalize or however you say that. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, got poor farmers who pay him money. Yeah. He also is well-educated. Yeah. And he is very... As we know, he's a Gryffindor. Yes. So take from that what you it's will. Very true, Am I missing anything? True Gryffindor. I don't think so. He's just, like, generally a a lovely man who lives his life with honor. Yeah. Even though he's always in trouble with the law. It makes sense, though. It does. Yeah. So when we started watching Outlander, I knew from the, from the internet and mm-hmm. podcasts and such that he was supposedly the hottest man ever. And I didn't buy it because <laughs> I tend to not go for, like, that type of a human in general. Like, I don't really think beefy CrossFit guys are attractive. Right, right. At all. And it took maybe one second of him being on the screen for me to completely mm-hmm. change my mind. Yep. <laughs> I was agreed. like, nope, the internet was correct. This is the hottest man yep. alive. Because <laughs> he's not just, like, buff CrossFit guy. Like, he's not... It, like, even when he's shirtless, it's not just like, oh, look at all of my pecs. 
I mean, there's certainly plenty of that going on. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's got so much, like, personality. Mm-hmm. Like, the show, it's not like Jane the Virgin with Raphael, right? Where, like, the show wants to make sure that it is well established that this man is so attractive. Right. Like, the show definitely wants you to know that Jamie is attractive, but they're, like, really low-key about it. They just sort of let him speak for himself. He does such a good job of it. Just so good. And it's great because he really didn't need the help. Like, he really is capable of just, just, just being, just existing. Yeah, and they do, they do a good job of, I think this is more of all the men of Outlander, but specifically Jamie. Um, They do a good job of making sure that their clothes are dirty Uh and they look grimy at all times. Yep. Which is fair. Yeah. Because they should, but you wouldn't expect that. So, like, one of the things I love the most about the show, weirdly enough, is that their shirts are never white. Yep. They're, like, threadbare and, like, brownish and just look like they've been worn. Even, like, the, like, British officers who were supposed to look, like, proper, they're still, mm-hmm. they're not white. Right. And well, it's, Ron like, a Moore, good detail. Ron Moore and Terry Dressback the producer and costume designer respectively have both spoken about how much it drives them crazy in period pieces when people are too clean, especially when their costumes are too clean. Yeah. Just for that reason, like, you know, people carried themselves with dignity and would like clean themselves up when there was something going on in like the great hall or whatever. Um, or like when they had to present themselves to their laird, but people weren't like showering at the time. No. And people had to reuse what they had, so their shit was getting dirty. And, like, it, like their shit was lived in. That's just what they were up to. Yeah. And it doesn't really make him less hot. No. Even though you can, like, smell it if you think about it enough. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Especially when they're on horseback. Yep. And you get, like, the mix of the mud and the rain and the horses. Yep. And the sweat and the, like, ugh. Yeah, it's, it's a very visceral show. Yeah. In a lot of ways. (laughs) We're not here to talk about what's gross. No. But I think, like, making it, like, natural and down to earth is why so much of of it is hot. Yeah. Because the whole thing about any fiction is that it's supposed to be aspirational, right? Because it's supposed to captivate your imagination and make you think about the things you don't have and like take you to a place you'll never get to go, but it's supposed to be grounded enough that it's relatable so that you can get to that place in your mind. Right. And this show does it really well because it is a visceral experience and they do make it realistic. So you can actually like feel connected to Claire's experience of being in this like weird place and weird time. And also this man is still super hot. So hot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think like you know where it's headed from the get go, and For they sure. t- they tease you so much, and every time I'm like bone 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 bone, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it takes so long, but it's it, so worth it. So early in the first episode, they stick her on a horse with him, and they're just like wearing a shared kilt, like he gives her part of his kilt so that they she can be warm. It's so the they're like sharing thing a blanket. <laughs> And it's really funny because I was watching that the first time and 
thinking about the fact that when you're riding on horseback with another person, your bodies would be very close together. <laughs> and you're, you sway a lot when you're on horseback. Mm-hmm. And so there's no way that that would have escaped Jamie's notice. No. Nope. To put it politely. And then in like season two or something, after they're married and boning down and everything's great, he references how hard it was for him to ride on horseback with yep. her. Yep. Because he liked her butt. <laughs> and I was like, yes, this is good. This is the conversational content of your book. It really is. It's really good. Obviously, it's a lot hotter in the episode. I was trying to avoid that part. It's really hot. <laughs> I also love how our friend Sam Huon plays him. Yes. Because he is smart enough to know exactly what he's here to do. Yep. He knows his job. A lot of things I've heard and read are like, he's playing like, it's like a role reversal of a typical like romantic storyline, I guess. Yep. Yep. And he, like, that's clear, but at the same time, he does so many little subtle things that I love so much. Yeah. Like, the the faces, the expressions. Ugh. I he know. Has, he has, like, ten different kinds of chuckles, and they each have a different purpose. Oh, and they're so good. Ugh, every single one of them is so good. Right. And he, like, knows you're there to stare at his body, but he's also going to give you, like, something to chew on at the same time. Like, something to think about. <laughs> but he's also, like... <laughs> whoa he's also also not like hyper aware of it like he knows you're there to stare at his body he knows he's the love interest in the story but it's not like he then carries himself with that air constantly right which i don't know why this this is on my mind right now but justin baldoni does that Yep. And that's one of the things that drives me crazy about his acting is, like, I think he's perfectly fine, and I think Raphael is a perfectly fine character, but the way that he carries himself physically, like, his body language is constantly, like, he's hyper-aware that he's a hot man, and thus he must walk like a hot man. And he, well, he also, like, doesn't wear his muscles right? (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, it's just like, you were a scrawny boy for a long time, and you suddenly found CrossFit, and this is how you walk now. (laughs) Right, right. With his chest, like, always puffed out awkwardly. Yeah. Sam Hewen is, like, very comfortable in his body, and seems very comfortable with who he is as a human being, and, like, who he is as a man. Yeah, and I think a good example, I guess, of what we're talking about, too, is there's one point where they do, and I want to say it's in season three, when Claire's, like, dreaming about him. Uh-huh. And he does oh, yeah. And he, like, it's so gratuitous. And it's like, look at my butt shot. Like, yeah. <laughs> look at, like, this face I'm making. And because he does that so well, you can clearly tell that's not the everyday. Right. Right. She's fantasizing about him, and he's posing like a softcore porn model. Right. And it, it is a really good contrast with the way that he's posed the rest of the time, because you're right, it does feel so fucking out of place. It's like, he's still hot, don't get me wrong, but it's borderline uncomfortable. Right. Because it's like this hypersexualized, like, super objectifying view 
of this person who we don't see portrayed that way. Like a lesser execution could have been like that all the time. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But he's just so good. He's so good. And he gets that character inside and out. And I appreciate that Jamie has so much nuance and is such a well-rounded man. Because I think, I mean, it's complicated with male characters, right? Because in general, they tend to be better rounded than female characters. But I don't know that that's always true with love interests. Yeah. If they're supposed to be like the perfect man. Mm-hmm. And he definitely rides the line between like hyper-masculinity, but also like not toxic masculinity. Like he's not... He's still, like, a gentleman. He has a lot of feelings. He's very emotionally intelligent. Like, he's a well-rounded man. He is. I always tell Kirsty that it's really good that we already have humans. Yeah. <laughs> if we had found Outlander <laughs> at an earlier time in our lives, I don't know that we would ever have found humans. <laughs> I think it would make it really difficult. Like, it's difficult for us we, were, we felt like we were cheating on our husbands when we were watching Outlander. <laughs> yes, definitely for a little while. We're like, we just love Jamie so much. <laughs> it just, it got, it got really real for a yeah. little bit there. It's like, yeah. I just want to spend some time with Jamie. Ugh. Although I have to say, I don't want to like border too much into like husband fe- feelings because that, you know, whatever, yeah, you don't come here for weird. that. Yeah. It gets weird really fast. But um, I do feel like sometimes like Jamie and their and Claire and Jamie's marriage like sometimes makes me appreciate mine more <laughs> in like the way that I think fiction is supposed to make you like appreciate your life yeah cuz you know it's like anytime you relate to something you see the little bits that it, uh remind you of your own life and people that you know like people do it with Parks and Rec and like which of their friends are Rons and which of their friends are Ans and you know it's that kind of thing you pick out the pieces that fit in with your own experience. And I think being able to love this person and this couple so much sometimes gives me an outlet to think fondly about my own person. Are you going to get him into charity CrossFit? <laughs> God, that would be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I have zero interest in my husband taking up CrossFit. <laughs> Anyway, this is not about your husband. No. This is about Jamie. This is about my fantasy husband. Oh, he's such a good fantasy husband. husband. I'm trying to think of, like, my favorite Jamie moment outside of Just We Pray, and I don't know that I have another. I have a lot of them. I have Um, some that I'm saving for next week, or next hour. Oh, look at you. I mean, like... Like, one moment that has stuck with me just because it's so upsetting is um, when they have that big fight after he rescues her in season one mm-hmm. um, from being captured by the Redcoats. And she is, like, calling him names and, like, saying horrible things to him. And they're already married at that point. And he says, you're tearing my guts out, Claire. Yeah. Like, that's, I love, I don't love that moment. It's a horrible moment. But I love that moment because he just loves her so deeply. 
Uh-huh. And he's tried so hard to be so understanding of everything she's gone through. I mean, he doesn't know yet that she's a time traveler. He's right. about to find out. But he like he knows that shit's been hard for her and that she didn't sign up for this marriage willingly. But he's tried so hard to like do right by her and she's still like rejecting him at every turn. And he's just like, what the fuck? I'm trying so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jamie. (laughs) Poor Jamie. It's just, it's like a very sweet moment as much as it's like an awful gut-wrenching moment. And Jamie has a lot of awful, awful moments, too. So many. He goes through so much. So much, like, really terrible things. And he just stays so pure. Ugh. Although there's nothing like season one Jamie at the beginning. (sighs) It's, like, painful what an innocent fresh-faced baby lamb he is when we first meet him. Uh-huh. Oh, one of my, a couple of my other favorite moments that just came to mind. Um, one of them is when, ooh, two, three more. Got ooh. three now. They're just popping up. Um, so the first one is when, in the first episode, she goes to um, set his dislocated arm. Uh-huh. And she, like, oh, yeah. Grabs, she, like, braces herself, grabs his arm, and then they make eye contact. And it's he so nods good. at her to say that, like, it's okay for her to do it. And, like, I mean, I've said this before. Sam Hewen would have chemistry with, like, a piece of wood. But, like, just them making eye contact as two strangers. He, like, conveyed so much trust in that moment. That was when I was sold on this show. That moment. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so good. Um, Another one is um, episode two. When Claire is changing his bandages and he's telling her about uh, the flogging. Mm-hmm. And then she, so that whole scene is like fucking amazing. But then she starts crying about Frank. Mm-hmm. And he like pulls her in to hug her. And then he just like looks at her and she almost kisses him. Yep. And, and he's not going for it. He's just looking at her. But in that moment, Claire is all of us and is like, well, yes. Let's do this. And then they don't kiss. And it's, like, so hot and so frustrating. I know. And then the third moment is when she tells him finally that she's a time traveler. And you get the montage of her telling him the whole story. And she asks him if he believes her. And he, like, turns around and thinks about it. And then he turns and points at her and says, I believe we have a trust between us. Mm-hmm. He's so hot in that moment. It's so good. That was, like, a very good moment. Because he's got this, like, coy little, like, thoughtful smile on his face. Mm. I just love him so much. He's perfect. <sighs> I know. I'm trying to think of more things. I just... I'm I'm saving the the big ones. I'm so curious what the big one is. I feel like I should know it. I mean, it, it's the end of season two. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. (laughs) I'm, like, scared to get back to that episode because there's just a lot going on in that episode. And I I just had feelings. Uh Just so many feelings. I mean, can we talk about the fact in season one that... She tells him that he's a time traveler. He realizes all of this has been about her trying to get back to her husband. 
And even though he's just complained to her because he's so in love with her and she doesn't love him back, he's still like, oh, let me take you back to the stones now. Goodbye. I know. And then he stays there. Yeah, just in case. I love it so much. And then she chooses him because of course she chooses him. Who wouldn't? Like, Frank is cool and all, but Frank is no Jamie. Mm-mm. Like, he would have been just fine if she had never traveled back in time. But when given the choice between a Frank or a Jamie... You always pick the Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Frank, I loved her very much. But I feel like it was a very, like, inward love. Yeah. Whereas Jamie is far more, like, far more giving. You know what I do love that he does? What? It's like a little one. But I love that he makes her wedding ring out of the key to Lallybrock. Oh, everything about the wedding is heartbreaking. It's he makes so good. The ring out of the key to Lollybrock so that she would always know that it's her home too. Mm-hmm. And he like forces the other clansmen to go and find her a fucking wedding dress so that it can be done the right way. Yep. God. He's so wonderful. He's so wonderful. Even when he's being a bit of, like, a jackass, because all all men are jackasses sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, men. <laughs> he's still wonderful. Uh-huh. We can all freely admit that y'all are jackasses sometimes, because we still like a lot of you, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> totally fine. It's fine. Oh, Jamie. Even Jamie's a jackass. But uh-huh. he's really hot, so it's great. He's so hot. Do you want to rank Jamie's? Yeah, rank the Jamie's. What are my choices? All right, well, I'm thinking about... I'm just going to list out what I think of, but tell me if I'm missing some. I'm going to try to go chronologically. There is young Jamie. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, intro Jamie. Meet Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie. Then there's um, what I'm going to call married Jamie. Uh Uh-huh. Which is, like, back half of season two. Yeah. Then there's Wentworth Jamie. Uh-huh. We don't need to talk about that. Then there's <laughs> French Jamie. Ugh, I love French Jamie. I am not here for French Jamie. I love him. He's Blah. so good. Blah. Um. Ooh, I have one! Oh, yeah? I finally have another! Season two. When Claire's losing her shit at Versailles... Because Blackjack Randall's there. Oh, yeah. And Jamie doesn't know. And she's talking to him and she's, like, losing her absolute shit. And Jamie walks up and she's like, no, 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 no. And he plays it so cool. <laughs> that is a really fucking good moment. It's so good. He doesn't even look at him. He just starts talking about the weather. Oh, it's amazing. Ugh. He's so smooth. Anyway. <laughs> Well, the other the other continuation of that moment is when they're walking away and he's like, yo, Claire, just like hang tight a second. And she watches him. She can't hear what they're saying, but she watches him and he goes and like they have a very cordial conversation and then they bow to each other. And then Jamie comes jaunting back and she's like, what's up? And he's like, I just challenged him to a duel. (laughs) Like you do. (laughs) Like you do. He's like so chill about it. He's like, yeah, we're going to have a duel. Oh, it's great. He doesn't care. He loves it. It's so good. So there's French Jamie. Then we have Battle Jamie. I was just about to ask if you have that Jamie. Yep, there's Battle Jamie. Then there's, I guess that moves us into Dunbonnet Jamie, unless there's something in between there. 
Mm-mm. And then Seaman Jamie. <laughs> Colonial Jamie. That's also a very good Jamie. That is the best Jamie. I think that's all the Jamies. Uh, do you have injury, Jamie? Which one? Uh, it's, I wouldn't say that's like chronological oh. so much as a recurring Jamie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Since he's always fucking injury injured. <laughs> injury Jamie is just the Jamie that always needs Claire. Otherwise, he's going to fucking die of some bizarre infection. And sometimes I want that. <laughs> It's convenient for plot. <laughs> it is convenient for plot. Um. So what do you think is the... Let's go worst to best. Dunbonnet Jamie's the worst. Mm-hmm. Is he worse than Wentworth Jamie? Um, yeah. Because Wentworth Jamie isn't Jamie's fault. Okay. So Dunbonnet Jamie is the worst. Dunbonnet Jamie is the worst. Um, let's describe him briefly. He's got a pube beard. <laughs> Oh, we should have done beard after fucking... <laughs> we could have beard Jamie as a recurring Jamie. <laughs> I hope it's not recurring. They could be their own category, Wait, the recurring we're, we're gonna We're going to put it on there because I can't. I need to talk about it in more detail. <laughs> beard Jamie. <laughs> I set up a separate category for the recurring Jamies. Okay, great. And then Wentworth Jamie's next. Because the thing about Wentworth Jamie... Is he still peak Jamie? He's proud. He's thinking about Claire. He's sacrificing himself. He's just trying to keep it all together so he can survive. He never acts out of turn. He's just so dirty and grimy and like... And none of it's his fault. None of it's his fault, but it's horrible to watch. Like, you're not attracted to him at all, nor should you be in that moment. Yeah, well, that's the thing is they don't want you to be. Right. They did their damnedest to like do what they could to tone down Sam Hewen. Right. <laughs> so that they could focus on how incredibly awful Wentworth is. Yeah. Um, the other Jamies are all very good Jamies. Well, let's get Beard Jamie out of the way. Uh, he's a recurring Jamie. He doesn't get ranked? I don't, don't, I feel like they get their own thing. He can, okay, he can be next. Beard he's Jamie. next. Because they need to talk about the, when you, you warned me. I did warn you. That, I tried so hard to warn her. The beard. <laughs> I was like, Beard Jamie is coming and it's not good. And she was like, Oh, Beard Jamie? Yay! I, I like beards. <laughs> beards Typically, are universally. Fine, like, oh my God. Oh, he comes back from um, the bestie for like five seconds and. There's just been a lot of shit going on while he's been gone, but he hasn't also been gone in that much time, like, episode-wise. I mean, in terms of, like, the length of other things that have happened in this show, I feel like that was only, like, a week at most. Right. He's been away for longer times and not grown that beard. Right. So he comes back, and it's just, like, immediately a face shot of his beard <laughs> he, even worse he like looks over his shoulder and it's like so alarming i screamed <laughs> and then i like my brain broke and i couldn't <laughs> decipher anything else that happened for like five minutes i had to rewind it and play it again which is tough because that's like, a really pivotal scene <laughs> i know and i was so distracted it's one of my favorite scenes in the whole show but that's why i had to go back but it was so 
jarring and bad. And I was like thinking, like, I'm interested in seeing what he looks nope. like with a beard. No, I'm not. I am no. not. And as far as I can tell, no one in the fandom has been able to say with 100% certainty when it's his natural beard and when it's a beard wig. There seems no. to be some consensus that it's a mixture of both. He has a really nice, like, five o'clock shadow, and you don't need any more than that ever. Yeah, I wonder if he is the type of man who just, like, can't really grow a beard. Some men are like that, even if they have majestic hair. I just don't know. But, like, half the time his hair is fake, too. Yeah, that's true. But so just we pray is real. I'm sure Yeah, that of it. was the real I'm hair. I'm sure of it. French Jamie was a wig, I think, and that was that was hard, because... Dunbonnet was definitely His natural hair is good enough. Dunbonnet was a weird wig. Uh The Dunbonnet Jamie is just all bad. (laughs) It's like Mountain Man Jamie made worse. He has a beard in that one, too. He literally looks like the Geico cavemen. Yeah, he sure does. (laughs) (laughs) But with, like, Scottish clothes instead of caveman clothes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the only person who's made the pube joke. Like, everyone's first thought yeah. is it looks like someone glued a bunch of pubes to his chin. Right. It's not good. It's not good at all. And they made it, like, too bushy? Yeah, it didn't... It was... Ugh, it was a life choice. And they get rid of it just as quickly. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it seemed unnecessary. I feel like there was supposed to be a narrative purpose to that. But I can't like, figure out what it was. Was it shorthand for, like, time has passed? I'm assuming so. But if you think about, like, she was in the hospital for a week. And then it must have only taken her a couple days to get Mother Hildegard to set her up with the king. Yeah. And then she went to see the king. And then it would have taken a couple days to get the orders to the Bastille. So at most we're talking about, what, like, three weeks? Right. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't and like know. I said, there have been other times in the show where more time has passed. Like, think about the road trip. Oh, I love the road trip. Why didn't he grow a beard on the road trip? Mm. Just don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of questions. <sighs> anyway. Okay. So. I want to put French Jamie next, and I don't understand how you attra- are attracted I to French Jamie. I love French Jamie. He's not as hot as Colonial Jamie, but, like, French Jamie is, like, suave and self-assured and political. Like, he's an operator. I don't like his hair at all. I mean, it, it was, like, the hair that men had at the time, though. No, I know, but I don't have to like it. I mean, it didn't, it doesn't detract. Oh, it de- I felt he's like so he- so hot. He was too feminine. Eh. I just, I, I couldn't. I mean, because that was, like, the style of men in France at the time, I, like, I don't know that I, I read that as feminine. Well, I do, I do now. Yeah. Like, if we're evaluating based on objectifying alone. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. What What would you do I next? mean, I would put semen Jamie next. Are we talking about when he's vomiting or when he's not? Either. I don't think he's particularly hot on a boat. Even when yeah. he's feeling okay. That's fair. Okay. I'll give you semen, this- but then French is going next. How about that? All right. Fine. Fine. For That's a hate okay watch compromise. compromise. I'll take that. I just, I don't, 
I don't see him on a boat, even when he's, like, healthy and commanding the men and whatever. Yeah, it's something about it is out of place. Like, when, uh, in season three, when they, like, have boat sex because he's feeling super good about his life, I was like, eh, eh. I was into the boat sex, but, like, I was into any sex at that point. Yeah. I was not okay with the boat sex. That well, the it depends on which boat sex. One of the boat sex I was okay with. The other one I was not. I was okay with the earlier one. Yeah, me too. Okay, it was the end of season boat sex that didn't work for me. Oh yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, it's just like don't narrate the sex, dear nope. all TV writers. Nope, don't narrate the sex. <laughs> Never narrate the sex. <laughs> no one. We don't need step by step instructions. I think most of us get it by now. <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Okay, so so we have young Jamie, married Jamie, battle Battle Jamie, Jamie. and colonial Jamie. And injury Jamie. Oh, we have injury Jamie, too. Do we want injury Jamie to be a middler? Yeah, that could go in the middle. I don't know if it's better or worse than battle Jamie, though. Okay, if we're talking about battle Jamie, like, in Culloden, that was hot as fuck. Yeah, all right. That shot of him, like, (laughs) charging in slow-mo. Yep. So fucking hot. Yep. And then when he gets to go up against Blackjack, like, that scene is hot. If we want to talk about, like, general battle Jamie, like, he's really hot in his duel against Blackjack. And then he stabs the dude in the dick, and that was great. (laughs) If you want to talk about some close-up thigh shots... Oh my god, you get so many thigh shots when Jamie's in battle, and his thighs are really thick and really good. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a lot of muscle going on under that kilt. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm into it. Every, it happens more in season one because there's more kilts in season one mm-hmm. but he'll like bend down and this is just an example of how much Sam Hewen knows what his job is he'll bend down to like crouch and like dude's wearing a kilt you don't have to like inch those up as someone who wears skirts frequently I know how this works but he'll bend down and he'll just casually flick up part of the kilt as he bends down and you get a little peek at that thigh uh-huh. uh-huh uh-huh Like, he knows what he's doing. (laughs) I'm just picturing, now that your child has ears, this is what it's hearing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why my child will never listen to this. (laughs) What is fucking... To rip a joke straight out of Podlander. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh, this poor child. Um Alright, so we have Married Jamie, Battle Jamie, Young Jamie, and Colonial Jamie. Yes. Uh, this is where it's gonna get tough. I'm like really into Colonial Jamie. Like I think he if I didn't know young Jamie, he would be the hottest Jamie. Really? Man can rock a tricorner hat. <laughs> oh god, he looks so good in a tricorn. And then he's got this like the fabrics that he wears are like really detailed and uh-huh. like just like you can tell they're nice. Yeah, he's got some really good coats. Ugh. Yeah, and he's got some like very good scarves. Yep. 
Yeah, he is very good. To me, I don't think Colonial Jamie is that different from French Jamie. It's just like elevated a little bit. It's better hair and better hats. Yes, that's true. But like, like more black, the jacket less color. and legging game are on on point. Yeah, I just like that it's all black. Mm. So I think for me, if it weren't for young Jamie, I, I'm not quite ready to say young Jamie is my number one Jamie. But if it weren't for young Jamie, I think married Jamie would be my number one. You think so? I just, I love him so much as a husband. Because he knows how to bone now? He knows how to bone. He's so attentive. He's so thoughtful. He's very equitable. And he loves being a husband. He does. Like, he he loves the responsibility that comes with, like, being married to Claire. Well, because he assigned that responsibility to himself, like, when he met her. Right, exactly. He's so ready for it. And he, he just loves being a husband. And then in season three, when he's, like, living his life without her, he says at one point that he, like... He missed being a husband. He missed having a family. He missed, like, taking care of a wife. Mm-hmm. And he still knows how to bone down. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's fair. Yeah. I just, I really like married Jamie. I think young Jamie's still my favorite, though. Yeah. Because his hair game is so damn good. It is damn good. And he was, like, he hadn't fully embraced Charity CrossFit yet, so he was, Mm. like, not too muscular. It was, like, the right amount. Yeah, season three, Jamie, is, like, perhaps too built for me. For, like, a 45-year-old man? Yeah. (laughs) At any age. I don't know that I want pet cleavage. No. But, like, young Jamie is so pure. Yeah. And, like, we get Just We Pray. We do get from young Jamie, which is peak Jamie. Okay, well, let's go back and rank Battle Jamie after Injury Jamie. Okay, let's start cutting out some of these middlers and then Colonial Jamie. Yeah, you think? I don't know. Unless we have to vote Colonial Jamie number one just based on agreement. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't feel like that's right. It's so tough between these three now. Because I feel like young Jamie should maybe be number one. Right. He should be number one. (laughs) (laughs) But now I'm really torn between how I feel about Colonial Jamie or Married Jamie, because they're both very good Jamies. I think Married Jamie has seen less shit. (sighs) Yeah, that is for sure. Although, isn't that part of the mystique of Colonial Jamie? Because he's living under an alias... Yeah, but he's, he's kind—he's of, more of a dick. He is more of a dick. That's true. That's he's like my deciding factor here. Okay. Look at that. So, are we going married or are we go- going young? So, hold on. I mean, season one obviously is the so married Jamie. Here. Married Jamie is now number two. All right. And Colonial Jamie is now number three. You were right. right. The fact that he's more of a dick was the deciding factor. Yeah. So congratulations to young Jamie. (laughs) Good job, young Jamie. You are the hottest Jamie. The sad thing about ranking him number one is that you peak in the very beginning of season one. (laughs) You do. Although, you still have colonial Jamie to go. Yeah, that was very redeeming after. Things aren't going to get worse for you. A tough time for me in France. I loved French Jamie. 
And the Dunbonnet. Dunbonnet Jamie was the only Jamie where I was like, can we speed this up? Yeah. Yeah. It was not good. And it was not for, like, lack of appreciating the storyline at that time. It was just like, this is not my Jamie. Mm-mm. I feel like this was a worthwhile exercise. <laughs> this was a worthwhile exercise. Look at all these Jamies. Every Jamie. I feel very good about this ranking. I'm sorry. I'm just, like, sitting back and appreciating it. It is a work of art. It is a work of art and science. Sam Huon's body. Oh, Sam Huon. He's so good. He's so good. I've said this before that I don't like getting into, like, actors in real life because it sometimes makes shit murky for me when I go back to the show. But, I mean, I let Kelsey be my gatekeeper, but I actually like some of his content. He just very clearly likes his job. He does so much. And I've read interviews with him where he's talked about playing Jamie and he talks in like a very genuine, like not, not like pretentious actory way about how he feels like he's spent time with Jamie and is in Jamie's head. And like, it, I don't know, it's hard to describe because a lot of actors say shit like that, but it feels different when he says it. <laughs> it's not just because of his dreamy eyes. No. No, I think, like, a lot of actors playing some role like that would either be a little embarrassed by it, or would be like, I play the hot guy. And, like, there's a little bit of, like, I play the hot guy, but there's a lot of, like, respect for the content Mm -hmm. and, like, the fans, because what I've learned is that Outlander fans are batshit crazy. Yeah, they are. And it seems like there's an understanding of that as well. Yes. Which there would have to be, considering how much shit he and Kat have been put through about their relationship IRL. Right. (laughs) But I just, I appreciate everything about Jamie. He's very good. He is my one true protagonist. Like... If I ever go to Craig Nadoon, <laughs> I hope, I <laughs> hope there's a you Jamie won't on put your hands end. on those dick rocks. Right. <laughs> oh, man. I looked at a house today, and in the backyard, <laughs> there was like a normal fire pit on one side, and on the other side of the lawn, there was this circle of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You could have had your very own Craig Nadoon. <laughs> Well, I made a joke like that, and Danny didn't appreciate it. No, he sure didn't. So I'm not saying that I wouldn't come over and hold pagan rituals. (laughs) That's what he asked me. (laughs) He was like, would you and Kirstie dance around them? It's like, yeah. Like, at least once we would, yeah. Of course we would. (laughs) Oh, Cragnet dude. Should we talk about some other men? Let's talk about some other men of Outlander, because Outlander has some very good men. And do you want to talk about men in general? I know you have some thoughts. Yeah, yeah, we'll get okay. there. Okay. So, <laughs> so who are some other good men? Some other very good men. I feel like any of the men of the Mackenzie clan you could, like, talk about as being good men. I mean, they all have their flaws, but... 
Um, I feel like ultimately they all like show their true colors to be like very good, reasonable men. Even Dougal? Even Dougal. Because I think that Dougal honestly believed that everything he did was for the good of Scotland. Yeah, that's fair. Whether or not it actually was, like that whole scene where Clara calls him out for being a narcissist and he gets the reference and he's okay with it. Yeah. Like, even though there's a lot of truth to that, I still think he honestly believed that everything he did was about Scotland. Yeah. So it's like twisted, but he thought he was being noble. He did. And he did, he worked really hard to save Claire, like, he worked really hard to save Galus. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of good in the midst of a lot of twisted thinking. Yeah. I think Murtaugh is one of the best men. Murtaugh is, without a doubt, one of the best men. He might be the best man. <laughs> he, he might be the best man. We don't spend enough time with him to watch him fuck up the way Jamie fucks up. I would take a spinoff series, though. Yes. I would like to learn more about Murtaugh. And he just, he's there because of, like, his pining. Mm-hmm. And it's so pure. But not in a creepy Snape way. No. He's not, like, he's not taking care of Jamie because he's still in love with Lily Potter. No, it's, like, out of respect. It's not, like, weird voyeurism. Right. Yeah, it's completely out of respect. He's pretty great. And I don't think he ever held it against Jamie's mom that she went off with another man. No, I don't think so. No, it seems like he was very much like, I had my chance, didn't work out. That's a great woman. Oh, well. (laughs) I love when Murtaugh gets laid, too. I know. Murtaugh has a really good whirlwind romance in France. It's so fun. I love when he figured, or when he's told that Claire is a time traveler, and he's, like, caught off guard by it and a little tweaked by it, but he takes it so well, and his response is like, why would you not have trusted me with this from the beginning? Right. He's like, you're an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, which is the right reaction. It's like, you can appreciate why Jamie and Claire didn't, but also, they should have. Yeah. Yeah. Because he can be trusted, and he's proved time and time again that he can be trusted. And he and Claire have such a beautiful friendship. Oh, it's so great. Definitely some of my friendship crying has been about Claire and Murtaugh. Yeah, that's another one I'm saving for next week, so basically I'm I'm, I'm useless for this episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this episode was your idea. I know. <laughs> Well, we could talk about other things. I just don't want to talk about specifically the friendship. Okay. (sighs) I thought we were objectifying men's bodies on this episode. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, but I I always get distracted by friendship. I know you do. Speaking of which, another very good man, we don't have to talk about it if, if we're trying to talk about objectification, but another very good man is Joe Abernathy. He is a very good man. He's a great man. He, all of my crying in season three, friendship crying, was about Joe. I had, like, a lot of feelings in that one episode where she goes to school. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Claire she... goes to school. Oh, that alone, I was like... <laughs> it was just so good. <laughs> um, He is a very good man. I also love... Ian, 
Oh my god, Ian is a wonderful man. He's one of my favorite men. Yes. He's also pretty attractive. Yeah, he certainly is. And he has, like, the best wife. Sorry, Claire. No, Jenny is a badass. And they're just, like, such homebodies in the best way. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you can tell that they just spend all their time on that farm. Uh Uh-huh. And they like it like that, and it's great. And Ian is another man. The show is full of them who never undermines his wife for being a strong personality and a strong spirit. He understands that that comes with its problems and its challenges, but he never, like, throws her under the bus for it. He's just figured out how to, like, work around it and protect her from herself. Right. Like, he's very respectful about her. He is. And he also doesn't take any shit. No, he doesn't. But in, like, a very loving way. When he, like, there's a point, I think during the Dunbonnet times, when he yeah. gets taken by the Redcoats every, like, six months. Oh, that's... And yeah. And they drop him off, and he's like, had a good time, guys, see you later. Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just so good. That's very funny. Another extremely good man, absolutely one of my favorite men, is Fergus. <gasps> I almost forgot about Fergus! Fergus, in my mind, is the best man. He is the best man. Fergus, like, outwits Jamie when it comes to grand romantic gestures. He does? Yeah, the whole thing on the boat where Jamie tries to guilt him into causing a mutiny and is like, well, if you really loved What's-Her-Face, you'd do this mutiny. And he, and like, says the line about moving heaven and earth. Yeah, yeah. And then Fergus is like, no, fuck you. If I do this, it'll fuck over my wife. So, too bad. No mutiny today. And that's when Jamie's like, oh, fuck, yeah, that is, like, more, that's, that's a better way of loving. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Fergus. Yeah. I love him as a small child. Yep. It, for pretty much every reason, but he's, like, whenever he interacts with, like, Claire, he's always so f- adorable. And you can mm-hmm. tell, like, when she comes back from n- not having a child. Ock. <laughs> Ock. And he's, like, very sweet. And... I love how he, like, accidentally becomes adopted. Yeah. And they don't really talk about it. Like, there's not a thing where they're like, oh, he has to be with us now. But it's just understood. Yeah. Because he he feels such loyalty to them, and it's so good. It's so sweet. And then when Jamie in season three says that his last name is Fraser, and I cried for, like, an hour... Oh my god, yeah, that made me cry. Oh, it's so sweet. I also love when young Ian is asking Fergus what Claire was like when Claire comes back in season three. Mm-hmm. And he, like, gets this wistful look on his face and says something about how she was, like, brave and something and something, like, speaks very highly of her. And then he's like, but there were stories. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It was so good, because, it again, it wasn't, like, gratuitous. He said it with so much respect. Like, he knows who Claire is. Oh, yeah. 
And he's not afraid of her, but, like, he's also like, y'all don't fuck with her. He loses a hand for Jamie. <laughs> he loses a hand for Jamie. Because he's a dumbass. Yeah, he's but, a dumbass. <laughs> I mean, that was his own dumbass mistake. But still. The Outlander man who I'm not sold on is Young Ian, though. Yeah, I think Young Ian is just misguided. I just don't like anything about him, really. Like, he I just... don't think he was worth saving. <laughs> oh. I think he's got a good heart. He just seems really wayward. I'd like to understand why he runs away from home all the time, because it seems like what he really lacks is, like, a strong father figure. But Ian Sr. is, like, a very good father figure, so I don't understand why young Ian is so fucked. Right. Like, get your shit together, young Ian. I don't get it. I mean, he's young and impressionable and gets caught up in Jamie's, like, criminal underground, and so you could see how, like, that would not work out well for him. (laughs) Casually. It's not necessarily his fault. Right. Some other men that I like are Angus and Rupert. Yes. They are very good men. They are good men. They're a little gross. Yeah, I mean, they're more like the the representation of toxic masculinity, but even they get to be well-rounded by the end. Like the last Rupert? Nope. Yeah, Rupert episode, I yeah. think, is like wonderful and horrible. Yeah, yeah. Who are we missing? Um, Should we we talk about the Duke of Sandringham? (laughs) Oh, God. Well, the man that I wanted to appreciate, that I almost forgot, which would have been a missed opportunity, is Lord John Grey. Oh, yeah. He is also a very, very, very good man. He's too good and too pure for this world. (laughs) He's a beautiful cinnamon roll. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite moments in the whole show is uh, after he's, like, rescued Jamie and gotten Jamie this job in this, like, house, and um, they're, they're, like, walking down the lane one day and having a conversation, and Jamie, like, asks for a favor or something, and he's like, you may have use of my body. (laughs) And John Greg just goes, dear lord! (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, not necessarily offended because he understands that Jamie has seen some shit. Yep. But he's definitely a little bit like, what do you take me for? <laughs> I feel like it. <laughs> he is all of us yes. in that moment. He is. <laughs> Where Sam Yuan approaches you on the street and is like, you may have use of my body. <laughs> We're all like, I mean, yes, but whoa. <laughs> The fuck? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> He's also another character who I've had a lot of friendship crying about. Mm-mm. He is very great. He very does good friendship. Way more than anyone should do for anyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I know when in their last exchange in season three, when... Jamie says something about owing him a debt, and he says something about how they've been in debt to each other so many times that it doesn't matter. I thought about it for a long time afterwards, and I'm still not sure that's true. No, no. I really can't think of what Jamie has done for him. He's like, I'm raising your secret child, and I got you out of prison, and I got your charges wiped, and... (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. And you were you were just nice to me and didn't out me. Right. So that was cool. <laughs> Thanks, bro. So, yeah. <laughs> you played chess with me while you were a slave for like 10 years, but whatever. Whatever. That's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We're it's even. But I think that's very sweet in a way because I do genuinely believe that he thinks Jamie's friendship is like is enough like that is equal in his eyes yeah and there at first i was like it felt a little weird yeah because you knew that like it was like when one person likes someone and the other person doesn't like them back but they're still trying and you're like no stop stop yeah but over time obviously i mean i've i've heard an interpretation of of that scene in particular the scene where John Gray puts his hand on Jamie's knee. Yeah. Um, that was not an interpretation that I had when I watched it, but it's one that I like, which is that he didn't actually mean for it to be a move on him. Yeah. He was doing it as like a, a friendship thing, but because Jamie has the trauma from Wentworth, mm-hmm. he interpreted it that way. Okay. And like, sure, John Gray is in love with Jamie, but most likely at this point in, like, a, a very deep friendship kind of way. Yeah. Not, like, a normal friendship kind of way, but, like, a a more nuanced friendship. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he's not, like, he's, like, over the hump of being romantically in love with him, and so he never intended to actually make a move on him. Got it, got it, got it. Which is not how I read that scene the first time I watched it, but I do think it's an interesting interpretation. Yeah. That that was more, like, Jamie's baggage than John's. Which is fair. Yeah, super fair. Especially because John didn't know that about him at the time. You know who's an important man we have not discussed, really? Who? Frank. Oh my god! Poor Frank. Frank is a good man. <sighs> Mostly a good man. I I feel so bad for Frank because Frank got screwed in so many different ways. Frank got screwed by Craig Dundoon. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, not Claire's fault that Frank got screwed, but, like, he got screwed so deeply by this whole story. Although he's the one who took her there. He did take her there. And the day that she went back to pick the flowers, she did invite him to go with her, and he was like, no, I have to do genealogy. Right. So, I mean, if he had been there with her, she might not have been as distracted by the buzzing. Yeah. She might not have touched the dick rock. (sighs) But she did. But she did. But he... Was ready to accept her when she came back. And Jamie's child. He was ready to accept another man's child. He had already made the promise to her that he would accept infidelity, like, if if that had happened during the war. So he was willing to, like, you know, keep his word on that one, even though this was a different circumstance. And he genuinely meant it. He was truly gonna try really fucking hard to do this. And Mm -hmm. Claire did not meet him halfway. No, she didn't. How could you after you got boned by Jamie? She didn't even come close. (laughs) No. And someone else, I listened to too many Outlander podcasts recently to remember who exactly, but someone else made the point that at the time, Claire was recovering from trauma as well, like, she, especially at the end of season two, had so many traumatic experiences Yeah, that being launched back into, like, a quiet marriage with Frank is not, like, something she could just do automatically. Yeah. Which I I wasn't ready to give her when I watched it. 
But it is a fair point. Yeah, it is fair. But poor Frank. The one scene I still have not forgiven Claire for is when they're eating breakfast together in their apartment in Boston and they're like happily chit-chatting away and he reaches over to touch her stomach and she like shies away. Yeah. Like you could have let him touch her stomach, Claire. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I mean, I get it, but yeah. Yeah. I just think she could have given that one to him. I suppose. (sighs) He's just so sad. He is so sad. Although, like, he was a little shady, too. I don't blame him for that, though. For the stuff that comes later? I don't blame him for doing it based on what their conversations presumably were, but I blame him for being sloppy. Yes, that's true. He absolutely should have been more discreet. Yeah. But, like, I definitely was a little annoyed with Claire that she was so angry that he had a mistress. Because it was like, what What did you think he was going to do? Right. He's not just going to be lonely forever. Right. I feel like he earned having a mistress. He did. He did. <laughs> Claire had Jamie. She did. It's true. Oh. But. He's a good man. He's a good man. He's like a little bit of a like snooze of a man, but he's a good man. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately they had to do that so that you would be like more in love with Jamie. Yeah. But he was also very good. Mm Mm-hmm. Did we miss anyone else? I don't think so. Do you have any general thoughts about men on Outlander? Do you want a, a soapbox to stand on? Do I want a what? A soapbox? <laughs> I, do have, I do have a soapbox to stand on. Um, no, I mean, like, generally speaking, I just appreciate that, like, the world that we're in is a hyper-masculine world. It's one of, like, violent men and, like, big manly men and men who, like, are not trying to, they're not playing with any progressive ideals, right? But they're all men who are very respectful of women in society. Like, the yeah. gender roles are rigid, but they're not assholes about it. Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of rape, but that aside. Um, <laughs> I don't think any of the Mackenzie men actually rape anyone. Except no, it's... one time Dougal got drunk and tried to. Right, but typically, like, their order is not to. Right. Generally, that's not a thing they do. So, and, like, the, the sort of extra men of Outlander are pretty shitty. But, like, the men that we follow. But they're, like, respectful of the women. They're, they're not trying to be, like, dominant in, I mean, they are a little bit, but, like, in ways that were society, societally normative. Yeah, But not, like, gratuitous. So, like, the men of Game of Thrones, which we'll talk about next week, like, very freely slap their women around and, like, are, like, name call their women more and, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, like, there's a little bit of that when Claire first arrives where they're like, I'm not taking orders from a woman. And then she's like, well, fuck you. Yes, you are. And then they're like, okay. Yeah. Or, like, when Jamie beats her that one time. Yeah, there is that one time that Jamie beats her. 
And this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm not as bothered by it as a lot of people are. I'm not as bothered by it because of how they handle it going forward. There's that. That's absolutely redeeming. But to me, there's so many other parts of the narrative that establish that corporal punishment is acceptable in this society. So it has nothing to do with... I mean, it is it is an example of domestic violence, but it's not like husbands in general must generally beat wives into submission. It's like, you did this very serious thing, and as a society, we believe that you get physically punished for doing very serious things. Mm-hmm. Like, Jamie gets it in a lot of different ways. Um, Leary was supposed to get it, and Jamie took her punishment. Yeah. That little boy at the beginning, was going to get his hand cut off for stealing a loaf of bread, and instead he gets his ear nailed to a thing. Yeah. Like, there's so many examples of people who are physically punished that I didn't feel like it was, like, a a spousal dynamic in particular. Well, I felt like any of the Mackenzies could have delivered that punishment. Yeah, and if any of them had done something that stupid, got themselves captured by the Redcoats, and put themselves at that much risk, they would have been on the receiving end just as quickly. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't great, don't get me wrong, I'm not, like, happy that they did that, but that feels more like an example of something equitable that would have happened because of the rules of that society. I also think it kind of conveniently answered for why they treat her that way going forward. Yes. Yeah. Because there would have been people out there who would have been like, in this day, people would have, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Jamie never, like, raises a hand against someone ever again. Like, he doesn't believe in hitting children. He doesn't, like, he, like, stops believing in violence after that. Yeah. Other than, like, battle. Well, because of that and other things, but yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But it, it was still, like, an important learning moment for him. Mm-hmm. And he does grow as a character because he realizes that he did a fucked up thing. Right. So. So, yeah, men. It didn't, it didn't bother me. Men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and my last, like, thing about toxic masculinity is that I appreciate that Jamie is not an example of toxic masculinity in the same way that I said last week that I appreciate Claire does low-key feminism just by existing as a woman in the world. Uh-huh. Jamie is just a man in the world who happens to have complex feelings and happens to be like a good person. Yeah. And that alone cuts through the hyper-masculinity and makes him good. <laughs> and like that, that's all. That's all. That's the, uh-huh. again, like, that's all we're asking for when we talk about representation is, like, just make the people normal. <laughs> what? Just, like, just do the people a normal way. Right. Not just, not a, a Raphael way? Yeah, like, what bugs me about Justin Baldoni and his TED Talks about toxic masculinity is that he, like... <laughs> I mean, it's very performative. Yeah. And he talks about it in a way as if the way to fix masculinity is to feminize it. And I'm not sure that's true. Like, no, I don't think I don't think you have to make women more masculine to make the world more equitable to them. And I don't think you need to make men more feminine to make them less toxic. 
Right. I think you can just make people be people, and then people will be nice to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I just, I appreciate that they don't make it a big thing. They're not performative about it. Mm-hmm. Jamie is just Jamie. He's just a good character. They just tell a good story. And in the meantime, it's good representation. It is. Men. <laughs> men. Men. <laughs> this almost sounds like the two and a half men theme song, so we should stop <laughs> while we're in. <laughs> um, and and then speaking of shows. poor representation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no fucking kidding. Ugh. God, Charlie Sheen alone set back men like centuries. <laughs> But general shout out to the men of the, like, crew mm-hmm. and, like, production team of Outlander, because there are a lot of men involved, and they are also good men. Yeah, this is how we learned just HBO's men. Yeah, just HBO's men. Not all men. Not all men. Which was very good for my feminism. It was. I feel like we opened up a whole new window for you. <laughs> it's true. Anyway. Anywho. Did you say all the things about men you wanted to say? Do you have any soapboxes you want to stand on? No, you have much stronger feelings than I do about this. (laughs) I spend a lot of time yelling about toxic masculinity. She does. It's one of my hobbies. (laughs) I do think that the men of Outlander may be like the Mike Schur equivalent men. Ooh, to this type of take. content as opposed to like the Game of Thrones men that we'll get into but they're not emotional but they're in tune with their emotions yeah they're like normal people they have like emotional intelligence they do I think it is such a feat on this show because of the fact that it's Highlanders fighting like everyone knows that right. imagery <laughs> right and it is a lot of like men with war paint shouting and yelling and ripping people's heads off. Yes. And so being able to do both is fascinating. Yeah, in the same episode, they can have war paint and rip people's heads off and, like, do battle cries and then also go back to Castle Leoc and communicate openly with each other about their feelings and how they pissed each other off. Right. Or, like, one thing I love was... In season one, when they're on the road and they're at a bar, or like a tavern, not a bar. Um, <laughs> this is 1743. Um, yeah. Different scene. Yeah. They're at a tavern and Claire doesn't really feel welcome yet as part of the group. But some of the like locals oh, yeah. start calling her like a whore and stuff in Gaelic so she doesn't even know what's happening. And all of the Mackenzie men just get up and start this huge fight with them to defend her. And they're like, well, we're the only ones who can say that. We would never let anyone else say that. And I just love that. Yeah, they're they're so loyal to her. Yeah. You know the man we didn't appreciate? Who? Roger. Roger is a good man. Roger is such a good man. He comes from a complicated background. Yeah, he does. (laughs) He really does. (laughs) He might be batshit crazy. (laughs) Based on genealogy. 
<laughs> I mean, he's enough generations removed, right? We'd hope. I just, I love the, um, there's so many scenes with him that I love, but he, when he comes to Boston and Brianna like storms out and he and Claire are just drinking whiskey together on Christmas, mm-hmm. like that scene where he's just so sweet and so wonderful and like such a good match for sad Claire. I also love that he found Jamie. Like yeah. that he kept looking. He kept looking. Oh, it's so good. He is a good man. He has some good sweaters too. He has some very, very good sweaters. He is a man who knows what to do with a turtleneck. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. He didn't pick up on that sooner. <laughs> Is that why you like French Jamie? Because he has the fucking neckties? No, but the ascots were very good. Ugh. Colonial Jamie has an ascot. Don't be superior. I know, but it's different. (laughs) But anyway, let's go back to your feelings about turtlenecks, specifically. (laughs) I don't know why. It's so weird. I know. I'm well aware. (laughs) Did you, like, see that come on the screen and, like, need to take a minute? You know, it's, I would say it's more of a latent thing if we want to get Freudian. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm not sure it's like I see a turtleneck and I'm like, oh, baby. (laughs) Like, roll that neck for me. It's like, it just adds to the (laughs) ambiance. It's just so gross. They're fi- It's a shirt. Whatever. They don't need to go up that high. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I personally don't like turtlenecks. I just... There happen to be a couple of men I'm attracted to who wear a lot of turtlenecks. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, weird. <laughs> it is weird. I know this. <laughs> I have made my peace with it, though. I have not. <laughs> Uh, oh my god. <laughs> I can't wait to search Sam Hugh on Turtleneck later. Oh, I should do that. I'm doing it now. Hold on. Turtleneck. I'm, af- I'm afraid of where this is going to go. There aren't many. Because oh, he knows a- better, Kirstie. Good picture of him in a tricorn, though. Mm. You know, he does a lot of the um, button up layered under the sweater thing, which is very good. That's good. That's also a look I'm interested in. I'm interested in most looks. Oh, I, f- I don't know what this is, but I found one. <laughs> oh no, I'm really scared. <laughs> I'm sending this to you. Hold on. You know the Sam Hewen I'm not interested in. CrossFit Sam Hewen. Yeah, workout gear Sam Hewen. It's fine. It's not my favorite. It like it's not bad. I just why are you wearing so much workout gear? Because he's into fitness, Kiersey. Yeah, but I don't need that. I don't need Do him wearing a shirt that says "Keep calm and go through the stones" photoshopped onto it. No, this picture is very good. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I mean, I don't like this jacket. Like, what is this weird? fake snakeskin stripey thing. No one's ever needed to wear a turtleneck. I also don't like it when he gels his hair back. Yeah, it's a life choice. Yeah. he. I will say that Sam Hewen has no idea what to do with his own hair, and it's a shame. It is. 
It's an absolute shame. But I really like his plaid shirts. Oh my god, you want to see in business casual Sam Hewen? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh no, what are you sending me? Oh no. It's really um, appropriate that this is how this episode is going to end. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> He's so business casual. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> oh, Sam Hewen. Oh. Okay. Should we wrap this up? Yeah, if you want to learn more about Sam Hewen, follow him on the internet. Oh, I just stumbled upon Roger. That's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the turtleneck search. Who's shocked? Uh-oh. I would super date Roger. Just throwing it out there. I don't know that I would. I think he's precious. There's some sort of Pinterest board that is 7,540 best Sam Huon images. Oh no. I want all of them. <laughs> there are so... I, I'm going to search Sam Huon tri-corner hat because there are so many good pictures of that. I don't know what is happening, but a lot is happening. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know where I am anymore. Speaking of a lot happening. I just ended up somewhere weird in the fandom. Oh no. Where did you end up? I have to send this to you because I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> oh god. Sam Hewen tried to do a weird model thing. Oh my. He shouldn't model. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's a strange place in the fandom. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it was for, like, an interview or something, but this Pinterest board is concerning. <laughs> concerned. All right, I anyway. think anyone who, like, makes a Pinterest board of them should, like, be banned, because that's... I mean, this is one thing, but that's, like... Yeah. Something else. Oh, oh my... Oh. Oh, oh god, I need to get out of here. I know, you can get rid of Google <laughs> real fast. Anyway. <laughs> oh, look, it's Battle Jamie. All right. He's very good. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah, if, <laughs> if, if you want to objectify Sam Huon with us, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs. Or at HateWatchWithUs.com or HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> this is tough. I don't normally do this. You can also <laughs> find our friends at Thought Bubble Audio, um, Thought Bubble FM on Twitter, ThoughtBubbleAudio.com, and some other places. They have new shows, lots of shows, especially if you like superheroes and or Oscar-winning movies and nerdy <laughs> things. Um, so go listen to them. And if you want us to keep talking about Outlander, you should A, let us know, and B, maybe let us know in the form of an iTunes, Apple podcast, whatever, review. Oh, clever. Yeah, tell us who your favorite Jamie is. Yes. We're very interested. We want to know more. We will Google image, image search your favorite Jamie as long as it's not weird. Even if it's weird, I'll do it. Yeah, it's true. We'll probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. 
<laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Whole civilizations have risen and fallen under the male gaze. It's our time.